1: going on. I like a million dollars I want to check out that ring what's up tmz how'd you find me bro i got my disguise on what's up man tmz sports <laughs>
2: welcome to tmz sports i'm mike babcock my guys mojo mutati edward lewis uh fellas uh, jorge masvidal he retired uh, after losing to gilbert burns at ufc 287 but uh masvidal not out of the news This time, though, it has to do with the fight outside of the octagon, not anything that happened inside of the octagon. And specifically, that altercation in March of 2022 with Colby Covington, his former best friend turned enemy. Uh, Ed uh, Jorge Masvidal saying that he... uh, did not exactly get a fair shake from police in Miami here, did he?
3: Yeah, he's basically saying Colby Covington used his connections in the Miami Beach Police Department to essentially uh, railroad Jorge in the case. Uh, You'll recall that Jorge's been charged with felony aggravated battery and felony criminal mischief after he allegedly punched Colby Covington twice outside of Poppy Steak in Miami. Mm. Uh, 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 Colby claims he suffered a brain injury and and a chipped tooth and a a damaged Rolex. Well, uh, in new court documents, uh, uh, Mosvidal's attorney, is essentially asking a judge to allow him to admit some evidence that could help prove that Masvidal is getting a raw deal in the case. Specifically, he says it all points toward the 911 call. Uh, Colby did not call 911. It was actually put in by a sergeant at the Miami Beach Police Department named Sergeant Weiss. Sergeant Weiss is known to be a friend and a training partner of Colby's. And in this 911 call, you can hear him basically saying, get some, get a bunch of officers there quickly. Uh, uh, come on a code three, uh, wow. which, which generally means bring lights inside it's a big that, deal. That's
2: when like, hey, Rush, we need to get yes. there as soon as possible.
3: This is an emergency. And Masvidal's attorney is saying, look, it was just a misdemeanor battery at worst. You right. know what I mean? And so right. he, he's saying that it was nowhere near the level that this was brought to. And you could kind of see, we have, we shot video of it. There's a ton of police cars there. Oh, There's a yeah. ton, ton of police presence there. And, and like he said, it was just simply for a battery in the street. Uh, now, he yeah. he wants a few things admitted into evidence. One of them is before this altercation all went down, Colby Covington made a comment on a podcast where he said, I roll with the Miami Beach. Police Department. He's basically saying I'm friends with them. That's my, my team. And he's saying that this will help prove that Masvidal is not getting a fair shake in the tr- in the case, and maybe his whole case needs to be thrown out. So uh, they're having wow. a hearing on this all in the next couple of weeks. They'll figure it out. But right now, that's kind of Masvidal's argument. That look like uh, yes, there was some sort of altercation, some sort of encounter in the street, but it was not that big of a deal, and and maybe this whole thing is. is and being and I
2: remember when we broke the story and we got video shortly after we posted about this back in March of 2022, and I remember being. surprised surprised by how many police were out there just because it didn't seem like it was the world's craziest altercation, despite uh, uh, Kobe saying he had sustained some pretty serious injuries. But uh, there were a lot of cops out there, Mojo. There really were.
1: Yeah, man. And, and look, if I'm Masvidal, especially if this is a legal situation, absolutely this is the route I'm gonna take. I find out that my arch nemesis called his own buddies to come break up the fight and pin me in a bad light. Like, absolutely, this is the route I'm gonna go. But if I'm Colby Covington and things went down, well, naturally I'm gonna call my friend to come sort this situation out. What's my alternative? I'm gonna call 911, I'm gonna sit on hold, why would I do that when I have a direct line a to somebody point. that can make a difference here? Right. It doesn't mean it was something improper, necessarily. I think a lot of people might call a buddy if he's on the force. Absolutely. If you need help of any kind, that's the first call uh, that, that you're going to make. Yeah. Those wait times for a 911 call could be long. From there, yeah. this, this Code 3 situation... Well, yeah, if you have two UFC studs brawling, that seems like it's going to be a Code Three situation. I wouldn't single handedly want to pull those two apart. No, No. we're going to need a team of people to pull them apart. You'd need a team of UFC fighters. To pull right. those two apart, right. and Mojo, add to it too that they're very, they're both very famous,
2: especially uh, Jorge Masvidal, and especially in Miami, in that uh, those two guys standing outside, and if they were actually fighting each other, I mean, you would imagine that would draw a pretty big crowd. So, yeah, I, I think I see it from both of their perspectives here. I don't know that I would make the same argument if I was not Jorge Masvidal. I would probably say the same thing. I, I don't think it necessarily means that anything improper happened, though. I think as long as the cops and the prosecutors looked at the evidence for what it is is and didn't charge him with something that wasn't justified, in my mind, I think, Mojo, then, you know, I I don't know that Kobe did anything wrong. All right, guys, moving on to a crazy incident at a Major League Baseball game earlier in the week. This was Monday night. The Cardinals were playing the Rockies in Colorado and a fan, and, and you're not hearing this wrong, a fan attacked the mascot dinger and it was caught on video what's this <laughs>
3: Oh, my God. This at the time looked so bizarre that a lot of people thought it was fake, maybe a stunt, maybe some sort of yeah. a, a bit to rouse up fans. That's but what the, I thought, Ed. The Denver Police Department told me this morning that they're actually investigating this as an assault. Oh, uh, no, really? They, they told me they're working with Colorado Rockies officials to try to identify who this was. Uh, no arrests have been made yet, but they're like actively working to hunt this guy down and potentially <laughs> charge him with something. Uh, they're actually urging fans or anybody that was in the area to send them information over at uh, Denver's Crime Stoppers. Uh, they really want to get this guy for doing this. Uh, so we'll see what's going on. With
2: this. Are they taking this too seriously, Mojo?
1: No, Babcock. <laughs> I'm going to say no. You know I'm always split on these fan interference yeah. situations. But coming from a guy who can sympathize with that mascot, let's rewind back to Super Bowl weekend where oh, you yeah. saw your boy in the M-Face Black Panther costume uh, tackling Gronk on stage at his own party. I remember that, yeah. These mascot suits can be dangerous, man. You can't see a lot out of them. You can overheat in those things. It can be tough to be a mascot. And for some jerk to hop out of the crowd and spear the mascot, that could be a problem. Who knows? That guy could have landed on his wrist, his elbow, broken, dislocated something. This is an issue, and I, you know, I got to say, aside from the guy proposing on the field and absolutely getting destroyed for it that we talked about just a couple of weeks ago, a lot of times I get irritated by this. It's happening too frequently, and I'm worried about what's going to happen if something doesn't prevent this in the future. This is just going to keep spiraling and escalating. The funny thing to me is that this is under investigation, like, What are we investigating right now? No no other crime in Colorado. People saw this. Like, it's right there. We saw the tackle. We saw where he started from, ended from, and there's certainly enough witnesses. What are we investigating?
2: Guys, Magic Johnson uh, is... He's on the one-yard line. He is so close to owning the Washington Commanders. Remember, Magic, a part of that group with Josh Harris, who, of course, is the billionaire owner worth about um, $6 billion plus. Uh, He's the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, the New Jersey Devils, and he is the lead on uh, a group that is trying to buy the Commanders, uh, Lucas, from Daniel Snyder. And today, we got some news, Lucas, didn't we?
0: Yeah, all signs are pointing to this basically being a done deal that Magic Johnson's team is going to be the winning bidder wow. uh, for the Washington Commanders. Now, obviously, there are billions of dollars in play here, so yeah. it's not just going to be an immediate, you know, snap of the fingers, McDonald's kind of transaction, right. you know? so right, take uh, some time. Yeah, so basically what people are saying is, like you said, Albert Breer, uh, NFL insider, said that they're on the one-yard line. This is going to get done. Uh, it's just going to take a little bit of maneuvering here, but uh, it's a what huge deal. Yeah, you know, I mean, how much? It, it, $6 billion, just, just shy of $6 billion. So, massive deal. It's going to be the biggest in NFL history, actually, um, for all of U.S. sports franchises. It's going to be the most expensive team ever. So, it's a huge thing. Wow. And especially because Dan Snyder in 1999 bought the team for $750 million. So, I would say uh, that was a nice uh, return on his profit there.
1: Yeah, solid ROI if I'm putting these business degrees (laughs) to work. Yeah, let me do the math. Yeah, solid. That's pretty good. (laughs) It's like
2: eight times. He made eight times his money. Wow.
1: Game. Yeah, this one, he came out slightly ahead, but I think (laughs) so are the people of Washington, right? They've been calling for this man's head for years. This is my hometown team. I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia, so the, the Commanders... They wrap the whole D.C. metro area, oh, D.C., yeah. Maryland, and part of Maryland, I should say, and and Northern Virginia. Right. So uh, th- this is a big one with a huge media market. So uh, just everything that goes along with owning this franchise, just a massive opportunity here. But, uh, yeah, the people are happy to see him go. I personally will admit I'm a little sad to hear this news. You know, I was really hoping for a Jeff Bezos-JC yeah. collaboration, I can't imagine the possibilities that could have come out of that. Would have been really cool to see, but at the end of the day, I think the people are still getting what they want here. Yeah, I think they
2: probably would have taken anybody besides Daniel Snyder, but that's a good point, Mojo, and and people may remember late last year we broke the story that Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z had this very secretive meeting in Los Angeles where they discussed putting a bid together. Now, um, if you followed the potential sale, you will have heard that Daniel Snyder... Hates Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. The Washington Post uh, had some negative coverage. Let's call it over the years about Daniel Snyder and about the Commanders. So there were report after report that Snyder was just not going to sell to Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Let's be honest. The guy's worth like 125 billion dollars, give or take a few billion. This guy could lose seven billion dollars and not even know about it. So he had the money. He had more than enough money. Um, but but ultimately, uh, it's not going to be Jay Z. It's not going to be Jeff Bezos. But I think a great consolation prize is to have Magic Johnson, who, by the way, one of the greatest athletes, one of the best athlete businessmen, One, forget athlete, one of the best business people out there, period. And I think there is going to be a lot of possibilities bringing him into the NFL's family. He is a gigantic star. And uh, if you could have Magic Johnson or Daniel Snyder, I think uh, the Washington, D.C. people like Coming up next on TMZ Sports, Muhammad Ali's MMA fighter grandson, Biagio Ali Walsh, gets another first round KO in a dominant fight. The question is, how close is he to turning pro? Well, the answer probably will surprise you. We're going to talk to Biagio next on TMZ Sports.
0: The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N.
2: Welcome back to TMZ Sports. Mike Babcock here. Mojo will be back with us in just a few minutes. Uh, But our guy, Biagio Aliwals, he made it look easy again. Uh, PFL, uh, MMA, he gets in there. Another fight, another first-round knockout. Easy work, uh, Isaiah Figueroa. Biagio, how are you? Congratulations. I'm doing great. Uh, Thank
4: you again. I appreciate
2: it. So we talked. It was almost like two, three weeks ago you were actually in the office here. We talked about this fight. We talked about how you... Pairing, and then you go in there and it takes you like two minutes to to beat this guy down it looked totally one-sided and it uh it, it looked like it was easy work
4: yeah obviously you know every fight is going to be a little nerve-wracking you know especially when you're fighting in your hometown and you're on a big stage and you're an amateur and you're Muhammad Ali's grandson all this stuff but I felt calm when I got in there and uh I think the first minute I was a little tense a little sloppy I think but um as soon as my coach told me to relax that was when I got everything really adjusted and I was ready to to go for the finish
2: your last three fights three wins three first round wins we talked about turning pro and you you said hey look I want to talk to my coach and whenever he thinks it's time uh with the benefit of hindsight having been through this latest fight Biagio where are you now with that decision do you feel like you're close to going pro might you do more amateur fights what do you think the plan is now going forward after this spectacular performance
4: Um, Honestly, I don't think I'm that close. I think I need at least uh, two or three more good wins, I think, under my belt. And then I think I'll be ready to go pro. I do know that before I turn pro, my last two fights, I would like to have a really good challenge. You know, maybe go to war uh, where both of us are just bleeding to the pulp and black eyes and cuts and bruises and whatever. So, you know, I want to go through at least one or two wars before I'm ready to go pro. That way, I'm ready to go pro. Is that to test yourself?
2: A hundred percent. Is do you feel like there's something you need to find out about
4: yourself in that moment? Yeah, a hundred percent. Because I haven't, I haven't been through like a a bloody back and forth war yet. Yeah. And you know that's that's what fighting's all about. I think you know I have a theory where uh, you know the, the the best fighters, some of the best fighters, can also take the most damage. You know, you got you watch guys like Max Holloway. Um, these are guys that can just eat shots and they keep coming forward. You know, if you're fighting someone and you're beating his ass and he's still coming forward towards you, like you're gonna think to yourself, Well, how am I gonna beat this guy? Like, what the hell? So, you know, that's the type of fighter I wanna be. And the only way I can know that is if I test myself and I put myself in that type of situation or fight. So uh yeah, I think before I turn pro I wanna go to like straight war for, for three minutes or uh, for three rounds and um just test myself you know i think the last two fights i want to uh get some really good challenge you know you've you told me how
2: you want to stay active you want to be busy with that said you didn't take much damage if any when do
4: you want to get back in there Biagio? um i think i might get back there in june uh i know they have a card in atlanta i think june 16th so right now i'm um quick turnaround uh, yeah quick turnaround um just uh get as many fights as possible you know like that's the yeah. goal I just want to get fight after fight after fight at the end of the year then that's when I can sit down with my coach and see you know what's what's good what our next step is but uh, I think they have a fight June 16th and um, it's not confirmed yet but if I could get on that car that would be cool
2: congratulations once again uh, I'm sure you. we'll talk soon thank you
4: thank you for having me again
2: last night the Bulls Beat the Raptors in an NBA play-in game. Big, 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 big big-time game. Both teams' seasons on the line. DeMar DeRozan, the star for the Bulls, dropped 23 points. But he wasn't really the star of the game, Mojo. It was his nine-year-old daughter. Yeah. (laughs) She's not on the team, but she had a big, big impact, Mojo, because she, she was sitting behind the basket. And as the Raptors players, who were at home in a friendly environment, Mostly, we're trying to shoot free throws. She would scream, Mojo, the most loud, blood curdling scream that you could ever imagine. And what do you know? It, the Raptors, who normally make free throws at a near 80% clip, they shot 50% last night, and they lost by four points. Here is, without further ado, Dr. DeRozan, nine years old, affecting the game. <laughs> Still the way he hangs in the air. Check out with your Chicago here. She went one for two,
1: like the Raptors. Loose ball. That is the daughter
0: of Damar DeRozan And here's the voice you're hearing when Raptors shoot. She's screaming. <laughs>
2: That's that time it didn't work. So that last time it didn't work there, Mojo. But like we said, they lost by four points. Uh, they made 18 of 36 free throws. If they shot the way they normally do, they would have made 28 of those free throws and they probably would have won the game by five, six, seven points. So the hero
1: of the game, Dr. This is what the voice of an angel sounds like in <laughs> certain cities. <laughs> At yeah, in, least. Ch- in Chicago. <laughs> Thank goodness I'm not wearing headphones. <laughs> it sounded like a pterodactyl or something. <laughs> That is fantastic. You're right. You are looking at the MVP right here. Honestly, I I think the team needs to kind of reward this behavior. I mean, she's about to become a, a hero to the people. They need to make sure she has prime seating the rest of the playoffs. No question. Put her in the absolute best position to dominate the game. And, uh, yeah, they're going to owe this young lady some favors, man. They might have to put her on the payroll because there's huge implications with every win here.
2: Now, Mojo, after the game, DeMar DeRozan, of course, he is actually the star of the Bulls. He met with the media, and you know the press had to ask him about his daughter and the impact that she had on the game.
1: I haven't let it soak in yet. Everybody keeps saying, you know, but that's her. Right. I kept hearing something um, during the game, Then it was one free throw. Somebody missed, and I looked back and I was like, damn, that's my daughter screaming? So I was just making sure she was all right, though.
0: What was kind of the decision between having her come and, and what, was, what was it like having her under, under the basket there? You know, it's crazy. Um, My daughter called me the other day.
1: Um, when she was getting out of school and she was just, you know, she just said, Dad, can I, can I come to the Toronto game? I remember going to all the Toronto games when she was a kid and I almost said no because she in school back home. Um, she kept asking. She was just adamant about coming to support and I just said, right, you, you can miss one day at school and, you know, come to a game and I'm glad I did. Um, I owe her some money for sure.
2: Mojo, I thought that was really cute that he recognized that it was his daughter's scream and he's playing in this, this NBA game watched by millions of people, but he like, hey, i got to make sure that my daughter's okay. So uh, always a dad, you know, even when he's out there being an NBA star. But I I think you've got to get her at this next game now. She's got to be at the next series. All right, Mojo, we are just about out of time. I'll tell you what, though, before we go, it's been a huge, huge week for Brittany Griner. We reported earlier in the week she is writing a memoir that's going to come out early next year. She was just named one of the most 100 influential people in the entire world first time and the greatest accomplishment of Brittany Griner this week. We just ran into her, Mojo, on the streets of New York City and tomorrow, and that's why it's going to be a great show, tomorrow we're going to show you BG, who is, again, just about one of the most influential athletes in the entire world right now, Mojo. So pretty, pretty good show.
1: Definitely going to be a pretty good show. I but so. Babcock, I think tomorrow... Could be the best show since.